Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Okay, welcome to episode 52 of the Be Guided and Be Great podcast. This one is called Why You Need to Know What Type of Psychic Sensitive You Are. Um, I'm going to tell some stories. I'm going to do an Ask Kate. And ultimately, I'm going to share a story of what's going on in real time where we are and how I, as a professional, am being reached out to, how how the community is responding to this thing differently and how, how deeply important it reminds me, to, <laughs> I already know it, but <laughs> how deeply important it is for each of us to personally know how we do energy, how we use our clairs to tap into life, to check on people we love, how we take in the news, and maybe what happens specifically to us when something happens outside of our control. And the, there's a pretty tragic, there's a desperately tragic story that we'll talk about. And um, I just want to give you a few things to think about and ultimately a few tips so that you can really deepen your understanding of how you personally use your clairs, you use your intuition, um, you use your psychic sensitive skill to interact with life and how it just absolutely affects you, whether it's conscious or not. You know, a lot of sensitives, we think we're strong and we think we can handle a lot. And when we can dive deeper into how we honestly assimilate information and how it genuinely affects our energy system, you might have just a new or fresher outlook on how you need to interact with information as best as you can, you know, have some healthy boundaries around that. Um, okay, I, I want to talk about it. But <laughs> um, how about we get started, though, with an Ask Kate. Um, so this week's Ask Kate comes from Jacqueline from Santa Fe. And Jacqueline writes, since I was a little girl, I see the farm my grandma grew up on in my mind. I f- it's like I can smell it. I can hear the sounds of it in my mind. And I can see people in my mind, some I recognize and some I don't. The problem is I feel like I have no control when I go there. And the question is, how can I stop my mind from going to my grandma's house? Okay. So what she's talking about, um, I sat with the guides and got a little bit more information is Jacqueline, what you're doing, it's called remote viewing. And this is, um, this is a clairvoyant experience where you're seeing images. Um, but there are other clairs that kick in when if you're hearing sounds, that's clairaudience. And then if you, I get a sense that you also feel the feelings of the farm and, and that feels out of control and there's some really happy feelings and then there's some not so that are affecting you as well. And so when you remote view a place, you take in the experience. Some people do only do it clairvoyantly, which I super um, envy people that are just seeing images because a lot of us also feel and hear and then know things about what happened when we're remote viewing. 
One of my most powerful skills is remote viewing, the ability to go back in time or forward in time and bring in the information, um, psychic information around that, that can often um, have evidence, certainly if it's in the past and if people were there to either have witnessed or if there's some evidence to validate what the psychic gets on that. That's all called remote viewing. And so uh, what you're doing is remote viewing and I'm getting a sense that you're wanting to have some boundaries, right? Like how can I stop my mind from going to my grandma's house? So clearly this is causing you some stress and it's something you, uh, intuitives feeling like we don't have control over the stuff. The information we read is absolutely something everybody deals with as a psychic sensitive. And so I would stop and ask, you know, you can put your hand on your heart or you can just tune in if you have a relationship with your birth guide and or you can ask God or whomever you feel comfortable with, I would just tune in and or ask, why am I remote viewing this? Why do I keep going back to this property? I'd, I'd write down probably in a journal, I'd ask the question, why? Why do I keep going back? And the second question I would ask is, what do I need to know? So often information or spirits hit psychics. It comes to us often. We're not necessarily going after that information, especially if we're just kind of going on and we know grandma and we know the information and we think we know what we need to know. And we don't really have a desire often to know what happened. But if the energy keeps coming at us, that can indicate that there is a reason and there is perhaps information there for you to look at, to be witnessed or just information you need to know about and or you're a medium and there are spirits trying to talk, communicate with you to let you know that there's something important going on or something important went on. There's, especially with remote viewing, there's, there's often two things you want to start with. And that is, is there a reason I keep remote viewing a certain thing or person or place? And or am I just curious? So I, it's the, you know, the chicken before the egg thing, you know, sometimes we're curious about something because it's energetically talking to us, it's communicating to us, and it can be a person, place or thing. And so knowing the reason, you know, is there a reason or am I just curious? That's a great sort of jumping off point to, to, to start asking questions around why, why is this happening? And then the active part of when you keep remote viewing something would be to center yourself, um, center yourself and either tune into yourself and, or your birth guide or God wherever you feel guided from at this moment in time. And I would ask, why do I keep remote viewing this? Why do I keep seeing this? And the second question is, what do I need to do? So sometimes there, you know, some, there's often more times than not, there's a why. And more times than not, there's a what do I need to do? So it's kind of like, well, why are you coming at me with this information? Why do I keep seeing this person? What do I need to do? Maybe, you know, like, why do I keep seeing maybe a good friend in my mind that I haven't talked to for five years, you know, so I keep, I keep remote viewing, I keep looking at a friend. So if I center myself, I go, okay, why am I doing this? And then maybe I see that she's not feeling well, or that she's gone through something serious. And the what do I need to do about it? You know, maybe, 
you don't need to do, do anything about it, but maybe the guides wanted you to know, maybe your guides wanted you to know, maybe her guides wanted you to know, maybe she wants you to know, and or maybe, well, what do I need to do about it? Maybe you absolutely want to call a person <laughs> on a, like on an extreme, um, an extreme story of that would be over 10 years ago. Let's see, was it that long ago? You know, roughly 10 years ago or so I kept, I kept remote, I kept seeing in my mind's eye, an, an old boyfriend, a high school boyfriend. And I, I kept remote viewing him, you know, I kept thinking about him, I kept seeing his face. And this was just like, overwhelming. I kept seeing him in my mind. So I stopped myself and I, and I asked, you know, well, why am I seeing him? And it felt like there's something important I need to know. And when I tuned in and asked, well, what do I need to do about it? I got the message, call him, call him, call him. And um, sure enough, he had just, you know, he'd lost a baby, the, his baby died. And because of that, he got went through a horrible divorce. And I'm a medium. So there's in the loss of the child, that was actually an area I could be of service to him, um, him and his wife in terms of I could um, you know, read for him. I could connect him with his son on the other side. I could bring in messages. And so I was able to call him and say, you know, I know I didn't talk about this when I was a kid, but you know, here I am professionally and here's my information and this is what I can do. And if I am too close for comfort, I have other colleagues that could help, could bring in information, connect, could connect you with your son. So really, I mean, when we're remote viewing, especially if the, um, especially if you go through life as a psychic sensitive, <laughs> you know, there's like, there's that level where you just, that's what you do in every moment. And then there's the person who it's kind of random and hit and miss. So if you are genuinely all hands on deck, psychic sensitive, the information is always talking to us. And so you just really want to know that. So uh, to come back to Jacqueline, just go ahead and ask, you know, tune in and ask, is there a reason or am I just curious? And when you really center in, just ask, you know, why am I seeing my grandma's house? And write down, you know, try not to judge, just kind of journal the why. Um, you know, maybe there's something I want I want to know about my grandma. Maybe there's something important about the land there. Maybe something um, important happened there in terms of history. Or, um, and then what do I need to do that that before we can let go of energy, often we need to know why we're looking at it anyway. So these, these are just really great steps to take to really ask questions around why so that in the end, if the right thing for you to do is to just stop the habit of it, you can do that because you've explored all of the more humane heart centered reasons why you, this might be happening to you in the first place. And so you can really explore that. And again, if it feels like it's insignificant in the bigger way, you can say, okay, thank you. You know, and maybe ask our guides, okay, please don't show me this again, unless and until something really important comes up or if there's something I need to know. And so that's sort of how you would go deal with that energy in the future as if just because of habit, it keeps coming up. And after doing those four steps, there was nothing more you needed to follow up with. You just talk to the energy and ask your guides, okay, if there's not anything more important, please get this energy off of me or um, help me not see grandma's property, know where she grew up at un until it's something really important. 
On a side note, like when I work with my mentorship students one-on-one, I absolutely work with remote viewing. And just to tell you just a few cool, cool, incredible things that again, a lot of my students a lot of them are like, I don't know if I'm super psychic. I don't know if I'm a medium. And I just feel like my work is, as a professional is to prove to you, to show you exactly how psychic you are and exactly how you do it. So especially with my claircognizant students, oh my gosh, I will take them as an exercise to my grandma's property, um, which I grew up on, I know really well. Uh, you know, I'll take them, okay, let's go to, I'll give them the address and I'll say, let's go there like 19, let's go there 1984. And 100% of the time, my students have no idea. They've never been there. It was a totally different state than where we live. Um, They can tell me exactly what the landscape looks like. They can see the color of the house. They are very much aware of all the people and they can find personalities. And sometimes without prompting, they'll go into the house and they'll tell me what they see. So we do this with the skill of remote viewing. It's often a clairvoyant experience, but the other clairs can kick in where my students will say, I hear laughter or I hear motorcycles or they'll hear the sounds of the land that can either be validated or just interesting. So this is a natural normal part of intuition. Everybody has it. Everybody can do it, but some people do it whether we want to or not. (laughs) That's what makes, um, going to a medium, going to a psychic, um, an amazing experience. If the psychic medium knows how to use control and trust their remote viewing. So, oh, what a fabulous question, Jacqueline. I'm so happy that you asked that wonderful question and good luck on those four, you know, there's technically four steps and they're broken down into two. Is there a reason or am I just curious? That's two. And the second part would be to sit in center and ask, why am I seeing this, you know, this person, place or thing and what do I need to do? Okay. So, oh, so If you have an Ask Kate question, I'm going to tell you, you go ahead and pause this session right now and you'll just go to the show notes and go ahead and I have a button there for you. Click the Ask Kate and ask me your question too, because I love answering anyone's questions about intuition, right? How does it work? What are you experiencing? What can we talk about? Anything. So go ahead and pause me now and ask me a question, okay? Okay, I waited. And we're back now. <laughs> so um, before we jump in in today, today's subject, I just want to remind you that Be Guided and Be Great book is officially launching September 6th. That should be available um, anywhere, everywhere. I have to check the exacts, but certainly on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and um, anywhere where you purchase books. And it will, of course, be you can buy a book and you can buy the, um, what a what does my producer call it? You know, the electronic download as well will be probably even available on my site, but I'll have more details probably next week when we start really getting that production um, integrated into the third dimension. So I have, I'm just so excited for you to have the book, the readers, the beta readers, the, um, the feedback has just been incredible. And as I knew it would be for you. So I'm so excited to share that project with you. Um, okay, well, let's talk about 
today's subject, why you need to know what type of psychic sensitive you are. Um, and I'll, I'll sort of jump us off through telling a story, why this comes up so much for people and why we don't want to wait until we're in crisis or until there's something really wrong to know how we, we interact with information, psychic information, and how our loved ones do too. And especially if we're parents, how our children interact with energy um, so important to know how their psychic senses are kicking in when, when there is a tragedy. Okay, so jumping in, I was sitting in my chair, my kids were around. Um, I think I pulled up the, there was a note, a local news alert. And normally, I just sort of I scan that and then move on. You know, I'm always curious what's going on around us. You know, I've got children in school and I want to make sure everybody is okay. But this particular notice, I, I had my full attention and I read the entire alert and I knew something bigger was going on. And so sure enough, the next day they had a full report on what actually happened. And the detailed description was like, you know, a four-year-old called the police, said, my mom has been shot and she's in the basement. And then when the police actually arrived, they found a toddler outside. They found the four-year-old up the stairs. There was like a 12-year-old that had been shot. They found the body of a 16-year-old uh, next to the mother. And so, God, even as I just tell you this story, I'm like, my whole body is responding to the energy of it. And if yours is too, I'm sorry. And I'll try to send energetic um, parameters around this because I don't tell the story to affect you. I just, this is, this is a teaching tool. So I don't want you to start remote viewing yourself. <laughs> so some boundaries around that. Um, just try to bring in this story more and just into your mind and not into your energy centers. But and so I, I kept remote viewing, like as they were telling the details in the news report, I was already remote viewing, I could smell the gunfire, I could hear the babies cry, I could, I could feel that the 16 year old tried to protect her mom. And that made me feel rage. I have a fundamental belief system in my bones that it's a mother and a father's job to protect the children, not children's job to protect the parents. So that, you know, my own belief system came into that and I'm just like angry and I'm trying to hold back the tears and I just knew who did it. I could see it. I could, I could feel why, and just the tragedy of it. Why, why this family got to this point, I couldn't stop remote viewing the whole story. And so it, that's normal, right? I, I know as I tell the story, many of you are like, yeah, that's what I do too. It's like the more tragic, kind of the more loss of control we have with our own energy. And we, you know, before we, we know it, we're smelling it, we're seeing it, we know the bigger picture and we're experiencing it almost like not only viscerally, but like three-dimensionally or it's it's playing out before us. And I knew enough about myself and I know about this enough to know, okay, actually I need to stop reading and I need to stop remote viewing because I'm really getting upset and this could take me off my game. This could make me be a crappy parent the rest of the night. You know, I needed to shut it down because I was so disgusted and so mad and so horrified for this little family. 
and certainly for the little babies that were left um, with this mess. Um, the person that murdered the mother and the daughter um, went out and took his own life. And so, you know, that all plays out. So just the horror, not only of what happened to the ones that passed, but the horror for the living ones as well. So again, the, the fine point is that we kind of comes back to what Jacqueline even asked. This whole episode is sort of the theme would be remote viewing and how you do that as a sensitive. And if you do that, your children do it too. So um, later that evening, uncharacteristically of my daughter, who normally doesn't pay attention to stuff like that, um, she came to me with it. She said, you know, a kid that I went to school with has been murdered, mom. And I said, well, yes, okay, I, I think I know exactly who you're talking about, sweetheart. I just read the article myself. And, um, it, you know, it was blowing up on Instagram. And that's how she found out about it. it was a girl from her school. And so now I know, okay, she, my child's going to have a stake in that not only as a compassion for a child she went to school with, but it's blowing up on Instagram. She knows the girl's name. She, they were not friends. They didn't know each other in that regard. But of course, you know, this is a girl that she went to school with and it's very, very horrifying for everybody. And so I know enough about her to know she needs in-depth, detailed, um, validatable presence from me. She needs to be able to ask me whatever questions she has. She needs me to look her in the eye and she needs to the point exacting communication about it because that's how she processes stuff. And sure enough, she was okay with just that information alone. Now she's not a medium and she tends not to remote view. So that was almost enough with her. She was able to talk about it going forward they just had the funeral this week. And even with that, she could be very matter of fact about it. And she's, she's process, she's processing it. Well, let, let me just say it that way, where the psychic medium kids can't stop remote viewing it, they can't, like they become her. And what I see from my daughter's friends is the ones that can't let it go, not that we should, I'm not, I'm not disregarding our humanity. But those of you that do this know exactly what I'm talking about, where you almost become the story. You can smell it. You can feel it. You can, you know, things that you didn't read. You just know it psychically. And so there is this, my heart breaks so bad for the children that don't have parents that understand that their child might be that remote viewing medium, or not only are they remote viewing it, but maybe they are, they do know the girl and that they're continuing the story as a medium all by themselves. So I just want to go back in time to when I was a little girl, when I was in um, eighth grade, I had a good friend named Jess and he was in seventh grade and he came from a really brutal, broken down family, um, poverty, you know, single mom, drug addict, poor. And he was just such a funny kid. I just loved him. He was a good buddy of mine. And I, um, somebody called me in the middle of the night and had said that Jess had been shot at a house party that weekend. And then you know, so I couldn't like control that because I didn't understand this at the time. I was just a child. 
I didn't understand. I kept remote viewing the scene over and over and over again. So I kept playing out the actual moment of the murder in my mind over and over. I could smell it. I could hear it. I could taste the blood. I couldn't stop doing that. And then I'm in eighth grade, but like two days later, his mother reached out to me for help. And, you know, as old psychic medium souls, that happens to us a lot too. And I know if you're like, yeah, people did that to me all the time. That is exactly how your energy plays out. There's no rational reason a grown woman would reach out for help from a, you know, 13 year old, but she did nonetheless. And so she like met me at school and she wanted to talk about it. And, um, I could feel, you know, the, her drug story. I could see how this was playing out. I could feel all that. I was scared out of my mind. And, um, the whole school had a memorial for him and everybody's crying, but so many people came to me for the strength and for the help. And I, I was kind of out of my mind with terror of it all. And all I could do at the time was cry. And, you know, I, I really wasn't a kid that cried very much. I got praised for not crying. So that reinforced my <laughs> inability to cry. But about day three of crying and going through this and no questions being asked of me, um, my mom came home from work and I was crying and she's like, well, what are you crying about? And I said, well, oh, just his death, I guess. And she's like, I didn't cry this much when my dad died. So I don't even know why you're so upset. And of course, that just throws a child, it, it threw anybody off, but it just threw me off a, a, an absolute cliff of denial. And um, I, I, you know, I can't tell you exactly what I did to process that information, but I certainly stopped crying and just more kind of like self-rejection and more kind of pushing everything away as a, as a coping mechanism rather than with any sort of light and peace and clarity around it. It was just another stepping stone or like a building block of like trying to hide myself and tr hide my sensitivity and deny all of these parts of myself. So coming back to the story of today, there are children, there are psychic sensitive children that are, not only obliterated from the news of probably that somebody they loved and cared for, but also the continued story of experiencing that story psychically, mediumistically even, and not having anyone to talk to about it, not having any parent understanding enough to look them in the eye and just go straight. We, we talk about death all the time in this family because death is a part of life and so many people don't talk to children about death. And so when it happens, you don't have that dialogue, <laughs> you know, and you may, may not feel equipped for that conversation. And so it could obviously leave parents feeling very nervous and just not wanting to talk about what happened. Uh, cause they maybe also feel like they have nothing to contribute cause they don't know, they don't have the answers for why these things happen. So let's just kind of, let's just explore quickly. And then I will end with kind of a few, a few things to consider when for yourself and, or if you're a parent for your children, 
Um, I do have to say my psychic medium son didn't go to that school. He doesn't know the girl. It's not come up um, in our home through him. But I know because of how he interacts with other people's sad stories, it would absolutely be an even bigger issue if he knew her because he's a medium. So that would be a continued dialogue with him. Um, You know, I'm not suggesting that the murdered child would come to him, although that can happen to mediums, the dead, they do come to us directly, which my friend Jess did. Um, and of course, when my mother said, you know, why are you crying? What, who cares? This is not a big deal. He kept coming to me too. And when a, a sensitive builds blocks to push everything out in a way, um, we do miss those messages that could have actually brought clarity and peace. So I'm, I am saying if your child's a medium or if you're a medium, there is the possibility that the, the dead do come to you and they may come to you for help. And that's why if you're a medium, you do need to know how and you have to have some boundaries and to get comfortable um, having to answer really complex things And the way I give answers is through the support of my birth guide to help me navigate and direct that, or I will go to their guide to help me navigate and say the right things to the right people. I'm a professional and I'm an adult. So that's, that's what I do professionally. But in our day-to-day lives, tragedy happens. A, it's important that you know that you're a medium, how the dead can interact with you clairvoyantly do you see images of them um clairaudiently do you hear them talking to you do they ha- is there a message um clairsentiently do you keep feeling and and that's the other part of this conversation i'd like to say that the clairsentience which my daughter is not so that <laughs> it makes it easier because the clairsentience are the empaths and your sadness is now my sadness. You know, that's how empaths work. Whatever's happening to you is happening to them also. And so let's say if you're an empath, you need to know that because you could be tuning into, which I did in, when I was in eighth grade, I kept pulling in Jess's mom's sadness. I pulled in the sadness from the whole school. I pulled in the sadness from his little sister. I pulled in his own sadness. So I, when I, it's not just that we read stuff. Reading would be like this external exercise. Reading is actually, especially clairsentiently, we pull in the emotion of it. And a lot of the work that I do with empaths is to label the energy, label the read, label the emotion, and get it off of you. Getting it off and out of your own energetic system is a fundamental thing I teach empaths. So if you're an empath, especially when there's a tragedy, it's important to label how you're interacting with that and get it off of you, out and off of you. You can still interact with the information intellectually, but you don't have to feel it. Okay. It doesn't often do anyone any good, especially if it's people you don't know. It's just things happening in the world. It doesn't necessarily help you certainly and or humanity if you're pulling in the emotion of it yourself. Just kind of push it off you. You can ask your guys, clear this off. You can ask God, please get this off of me. You still can, again, 
access the information intellectually, that's fine. Um, but if your children are empaths, that's an extra thing you just really want to know about them. Um, getting them to be able to label what they're feeling about it, label the sources of feeling. Are they feeling her grief? Are they feeling the, you know, whose grief are they feeling? Are they feeling the whole school's grief or because empaths are pulling in information. So we just want them to label it. And then after they can get their mind around why they're feeling the way they do, it's a wonderful time to ask the energy to get off of them. <laughs> get the emotion out of them and off of them and fill themselves with white light and keep that real purification process going through the process of the story. You know, just the event isn't the end of the story. It's just the beginning. The event is the beginning of the movie. You know, it's the beginning of the story. This could take your children, especially if there's no one there to look them in the eye and have a detailed deep conversation about wherever they need to go, it can make the energy last much longer than it needs to. So two things again, with tragedy, you need to know if you're a medium, if you're a parent, you need to know if your children are. Um, the second thing would be to know if you're an empath, you need to know that you need to get clear about that. And I would encourage you to get the energy off of you over and over and over again, if you have to, and would be to know if your children are empaths. So, because again, that's going to hit the empath, the clairsentient part of them, it's going to hit them on their, um, on their emotions. And so we don't want our children to have to spin out more than just their own feelings is more than enough for situations like that. Um, if they're clairvoyant, your kids, if your child or yourself are clairvoyant, you'll keep seeing the experience in your mind. You know, you may be remote viewing too. And that process I talked about with Jacqueline is a good thing. You know, um, is there a reason you keep looking at it? And it's kind of obvious when there's a tragedy. Um, am I just being curious? Cause that, that's also a good thing to know too. Like, do I keep looking at it? Cause I'm so fascinated and tormented and, obliterated. That's why I keep looking at it kind of like where people look at tragedies on the side of the road. Am I just being curious or am I being called to look at this? And that deeper question, why do I keep looking at this and what do I need to do about it? And so that tunes you into your humanity part of the bigger picture on how to navigate the trauma of life. You know, life can hand us trauma. That is a part of it. And the Claire audience, Claire audience should be okay in terms of that shouldn't, unless they keep hearing voices, especially from the dead, especially if they're a medium, that's an important thing to know for sure. No doubt about it. Because if the dead come to them, talking to them, that's Claire audience, they hear messages. And so I would, a, a tip on that would be to just have your child or yourself, if, if you're hearing, hearing things around an event to just start writing down what you hear, like, what am I hearing? And whom do I hear it from? And your intuition should guide you. Okay, I maybe keep hearing the living 12 year olds, you know, self talk in my mind. 
And it could be helpful for you to just kind of write that down, just to kind of channel what person you're tuning into or what you think you're hearing. So with our psychic senses, to know which Claire you are engaged with when a tragedy occurs, that's your doorway. That's where you interact with your own dialogue around, I keep feeling it, I see it, I hear it, or I just keep knowing it. And when you know which Claire is interacting with the information, you start asking questions around that Claire. So again, if I keep knowing stuff, well, you keep downloading, 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 but that might not be what you need to do. That might not be your calling. It might not be there for you. You just are doing it because that's what you do as a claircognizant, let's say that clear knowing. If you're a medium, you, you know, the dead might be hitting your clairs and you do want to know that. So we're, t- we're talking about two things. The dead in a tragedy can be talking to you as a, they can be interacting with your clairs as a medium. So again, as a medium, that means that you use your clairs for multi-dimensional, multi-dimensional purposes, instances. If you're psychic, which everybody is psychic, you are picking up psychic information from this dimension, from people, places, and things from this dimension. Um, We're all wired as humans to do that. And and that's your psychic senses. And that's your clairs, otherwise called our intuition. So I am, that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. Just that why you need to know what kind of intuitive you are. And if you're a a medium, it's just so important that you know that when you see tragedies um, locally or on the news or globally, how are you interacting with that information? And if you're a parent, just know that your children take in this information too. They take it in through their clairs. And if they're a medium, they take that information not only for themselves, not only for others, but also for the dead. So they might be getting hit three ways from one piece of information. Okay. I use that illustration when I was a child in eighth grade. I was, I had my own feelings around what happened to my friend that I had to deal with. And then I had the living people that I was picking up information from, you know, whether that be his mother or kids at school or, you know, all of that. And then I had him coming to me and I was not trained. I was in total denial of this reality. Um, So there were three ways I was trying to reject and deny an experience that very much was happening that had happened. And so the denial made it much harder than it needed to have been. And it made the pain last a a much longer than it needed to. And so those are the, those are the things that can happen when we don't come to the table with intuition and have a willing and open um, attitude and intention to understand ourselves as a multidimensional being, as a spiritual being, um, to be able to contend with grief and trauma and tragedy. And, you know, even now I have to really watch how I interact with that story because it can kick up my anger and it can kick up my sorrow and it can kick up all of these things that don't necessarily help the bigger picture because it was their story and it's their experience. And unless I'm being called to 
be able to donate or bring food for the living children or help in any of those ways, which I am dialoguing with my guides to just make sure I know if there is a way I can help the living, the survived. We are absolutely there for that. But just continuously reading the situation is helpful for nobody, especially for me as a medium, um, because that's not my story. So there's this dance that we do as empaths where we are heart centered and we do care. And then at some point, that's not always helping. So we just want to do that tuning in and do that beautiful dance of having that open heart and then enough is enough. And then just kind of taking that moment by moment and day by day and checking in to how we are interacting with the stories around us. Okay. So I do have some students. I do, I do have some clients that get these, this, this, these tragic pieces of information and they use it to almost brutalize themselves. You know, even knowing that they keep reading it, they don't know how to stop or they choose not to stop. And it just creates a really shitty life. It creates a really shitty day to day for them. And we do have to make a choice. Am I going to choose to keep looking at this horrible, whatever it is, or am I going to choose life? Am I going to choose my peace? Am I going to choose? Now, this is very different than people that don't care and don't feel anything for anybody. That's not who you are. And so kind of no matter what you do, you can't be that person because that's not how you're wired. So by you having some boundaries of that doesn't make you that person all of a sudden. Okay, as we conclude this podcast, I want you to remote view something with me, okay? Okay, there's this, there's these two little characters. They're very dear and very important. And their names are Belle and Griffy, Griffin, Griffy. And I just take a moment to start remote viewing them, you know, smell their little doggy perfume and see the little whiteness of Belle's fur while she's a a mini tiny cup poodle. So she has hair, but (laughs) nonetheless, I'm just trying to change. Just let's just remote view Belle and Griffy and start changing the energy after this difficult conversation about the horrible things that we can remove you. So Belle and Griffy just see their little dark eyes, their little black eyes, like little buttons and Griffy's little gray hair and just sense the sweetness in their personalities. And that is how I'm going to leave you <laughs> with this podcast, remote viewing my little, du- my little poodles, Belle and Griffy. So, um, I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.